You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As it says at the start, this is Locked On Indians. I am your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. I feel like a pause is just necessary before we discuss this game. If you listened earlier in the week, I pretty much predicted this. As I said, Lucas Giolito is exactly the type of struggling pitcher that dominates the Indians and will because they struggle with velocity. He goes out seven and a third innings, eight strikeouts, three hits, three walks. It's May 7th as I record this. Most of you when you listen will be May 8th. The offense, there was a great tweet from Mandy Bell who covers the Indians um, for MLB right now. And basically, in terms of batting average, that this is the worst start to a season since 1910. Dead ball era. This is the worst team batting average that the Cleveland Indians have had since the dead ball era. And, uh, you know, what more is there to say? They have been awful. Back-to-back games of facing bad starting pitching. I said, well, something's got to give. Maybe someone will step up. Lindor, three hits tonight. I'll take it. Kipnis, two hits tonight. He should never be batting second. Um, I don't care that he had two hits tonight. Putting Kipnis at second is bad lineup construction. Ramirez falls under 200, but he does get two walks. So you take it. Santana, not a good day for him. The uh, corpse, formerly known as Carlos Gonzalez, has no business being on the team. Like, it's just, he's been pitiful. It's not a surprise when you look at a guy whose home road splits from Colorado and the rest of the league last year had over a two uh, two hundred point different in OPS. His, I mean, he's got a five fifty four OPS. There are players who have higher slugging percentages than that. He has sixty eight at bats, fourteen hits, two home runs. He doesn't have a double. He doesn't have a triple. If it doesn't go out of the park, he's not able to move enough. Sixty eight at bats, twenty strikeouts. He's striking out nearly a third of the time. He's awful. He is not good. He is washed up. He's a 33-year-old outfielder who does not play the outfield particularly well and brings no skill to the game. But he's a vet, and at peak, he was a great player, but that time is gone. But because he's a vet, he gets a shot. It's the same thing with Hanley Ramirez because Tito is afraid to play young players, and that's why... Yandy Diaz was never given a shot and why Yandy Diaz is looking like a potential all-star in Tampa this year because for whatever reason uh, Terry just uh, did not like him never gave an opportunity went out of his way to disparage him when he was a player with the Indians and uh, yeah I mean he would be far and away the Indians best bat he would be better than Santana at this point Um, and would give them two actual major league bats, which is something they currently don't have as a team. I mean, it is frustrating to watch this team. It is frustrating to watch how this lineup has been put together, how this team has been put together. This front office, I am the biggest, you know, defender of them. They do a lot of amazing things. Cleveland's front office is kind of like the this huge tree of front offices there is you can go around the league and see how they've affected almost there is people from their front offices in nearly every organization in this game but the last two years in the offseason they've crapped the bed there's no nice way to put it their big free agent signing from a year ago yonder alonzo 
Um, they were lucky that uh, the Chicago White Sox wanted him because he was Manny Machado's like best friend. I think he's married to Machado's sister because Alonzo is uh, been he was awful last year. He's even worse this year for the White Sox. He's uh, and the Indians gave him a two-year deal, and it was just it was a bad deal at the time. Thankfully, they were able to get rid of him. They got and they got a somewhat of a prospect. They got someone who could be a future major leaguer. Somehow they convinced the White Sox to do that. I don't know. That was their best move this offseason, far and away, was the Alonzo deal. The problem with the Santana deal and why that isn't up there is because as much as I do like Bowers, and Bowers, you know, you're getting more years of control with him. He is significantly younger, and he has been arguably their number two, three hitter thus far this year behind Lindor and Santana, is that you got Santana and Bowers, uh, but that cost you Yandi. And I'm not going to say it cost you Edwin, even though Edwin is playing very well. He didn't look good last year. I thought he was going to be a, a washed up. But they saved all of that money. They saved ungodly amounts of money to the point where even I, who am a complete stand for the front office, was like, there's not five, six million they can pull out and get some of these guys who are still on the market who would sign for extremely cheap. Um, but none of that happened. And instead, we are sitting here looking at a team that, you know, Leonis Martin is really coming undone of late. Uh, he is, uh, I was looking at the advanced stats for him today, and he is in the bottom 10% amongst um, predicted uh, batting average. Like, it's just, there's a lot of signs there that he is not, you know, he had the, the good stretch there. But, I mean, I still think Martin is an everyday part of this organization and team for this year. But he's more a bottom of the order bat, which is where he was. Roberto Perez is, is really interesting because he's been a little bit up and down, but his hard hit percentage shows a guy who's just clubbing the ball when he makes contact. Uh, Mike Freeman, I don't know. Like, I don't get it. Max Morhoff is better than Mike Freeman. Mike Freeman is not a major league ball player. But, you know, he's a older, gritty vet. So, of course, he is the Michael Martinez, I guess, to the team this year. 31 years of age, doesn't have a single MLB skill um, career OPS of 436. So his 495 OPS this year is actually an improvement over what he has done in his other seasons. Uh, 17 at-bats, 3 hits, 7 strikeouts. I know he's not getting regular play, and that makes it hard, but these aren't... I mean, there are pitchers with better statistical performances through the same number of at-bats. This is There's just so much dead weight on the roster, but they keep wanting to stick with these vets that have, frankly, no business playing every day, near every day, or being on a major league roster unless it's an emergency. I, I'm sure you can tell by the frustration in my voice. I just I don't know what the Indians are doing, what they're planning. If you're the front office, you, I mean, you look at it and all of a sudden you have to be wondering, is this a team that's going to even be contending in July? Trevor Bauer does not look like the same pitcher he was a year ago. One of the reasons I was very gun-ho on the air of trading him is he's never been a consistent pitcher. And you might say, oh, he's always been healthy and he's always pitching. But if you go through the data, last year was the first year he got it together the whole year. We've seen a good first half. We've seen a good second half. We've seen a good month, a good two months. He got it all together. This year, both him and Carrasco are in the bottom 10% of hitters 
or hitters, pitchers in terms of hard hit potential. Those are two of the the pitchers getting rocked the most by opposing hitters this year. Uh, you know, I mentioned multiple times, including before the year began, his home rate run rate was so fluky. His walk rate, basically every single category for Bauer is worse than a year ago. There's no area where he is in line. Uh, the Cy Young talk is, is quieted a bit at this point. Uh, Carrasco is looking more like a mid-rotational starter, not that guy he was a few years ago. Um, Kluber had some bad luck, but he didn't look like the same pitcher he was. Clevenger got hurt, but he looked like a, a freak of nature at that point. I mean, uh, you can make a strong case that he is the Indians' best pitcher once he comes back just based on a little bit we saw. Uh, Bieber has been solid and steady, but you know the rotation isn't quite the strength we thought it was, and the hitting has been worse than anyone thought would be possible. Um, the second half of the show, normally I talk about um, Lynchburg. Instead, we're going to dive into the Clippers, kind of look at some guys who could be help, guys that the Indians honestly really should consider. We'll also talk about Adam Pluko, who made a start today, who there was talk that he'd get one or two starts in the minors coming back from injury and then come right up and be in the rotation until um, Clevenger was ready in a month when he could come off the disabled list. I think tonight's start, we'll get into that in a bit, showed that uh, that's not going to be the case. He needs a little bit more time to come back from this injury. And we'll get to all of that stuff after a quick message break. Hiring can be hard. Multiple jobs, stacks of resume, confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matchmaking technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply for your job. This isn't just um, something where people can apply for, they have to be invited. And as we all know, an invite is better than just a cattle call. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great candidate. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. That's ZipRecruiter slash locked on, L-O-C. K-E-D-O-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. We are back. Um, I want to thank everyone again for listening, subscribing. Uh, subscriptions are a big part of what we do here. You know, if you go to our sponsor, that's awesome for us as well. Uh, but rate, review, tell a friend, downloads. Uh, let's get the numbers up. Um, we're not in the top five uh, amongst the Locked On podcast network for baseball. So let's let's make a concerted effort. Let's get us up into the top five, Indians fans. Let's show them that we can compete with the Reds and the Angels and the Yankees who are up there, uh, as well as the MLB podcast itself. So that is my call to action for you guys to uh, have a friend listen, get more people on board. I know it can be uh, a work in progress as I have first time doing uh, this much podcasting. But again, thank you all for listening. And uh convince a friend to try so we are going to jump into the clippers today instead of hitting lynchburg because the clippers um 
the Indians need to make some changes. There are some bats down there that are showing performance-wise that they might be ready to get called up or to help the Indians. And as I mentioned, today Adam Pluko came off the uh, the injured reserve and, and had a start for them. Uh, Eli Morgan was supposed to have a start today for the um, the Rubber Ducks. He did not. I assume he'll be starting tomorrow. Uh, Tanner Tully gave up two runs today. They lost 2 nothing. So uh, not a bad uh, pull for the former Ohio State Buckeye. But uh, as I put it on Twitter, the thing with Pluko's performance today is he had a start that uh, made Cody Anderson's start on Sunday look good. He lasted one-third of an inning, giving up five runs. On two hits, three walks, and a strikeout. He also had a wild pitch. James Hoyt, who pitched in this game, um, who is on the Indians' 40-man as well, I want to say. He was a, you know, an interesting pitching prospect. He's been hurt. He came in today as well, and he went uh, one inning with two hits, a run, a walk, uh, two strikeouts, and also a wild pitch. Uh, because of all this, Michael Peoples, who I've been kind of champa- campaigning for, he ended up coming in, pitching six innings, giving up three runs on six hits, two walks, four strikeouts, and he gave up one home run. It's kind of the crazy thing about uh, Pluko is he didn't give up a home run, and he had two hits and three walks. Everybody scored. Now, a lot of times you can blame that on the pitcher who came in after he was taken out, which was R.C. Orlin, and... You know, uh, it starts, Pluko gives up a double, a double, a single, a double. And at that, okay. So you know what? They're only showing the scoring plays on here. So let me start that over. So he actually, that's the ninth. Um, I apologize for not having my stuff together. So top of the first, he actually strikes out swinging the first batter. Like, oh, this is good. Walk 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 next three guys walks the bases loaded then double double pitching change rc orlin comes in gives up the single double gets an out and then gives up the home run so some of those are the uh the reliever didn't really come in and do their job either but uh not the best performance for uh for plutko today now guys who did have strong performances were some of the hitters and that's that's kind of what I want to go for the positive in this. Greg Allen has been playing well down there in AAA since he got the opportunity um, to go down there. Uh, you know, he was really struggling in the majors, so I think it's fair to give him a chance down there. Oscar Mercado went two for five tonight. Uh, one of those was a home run. He is the most obvious help for the Indians um, right now, performing exceptional in AAA, performed really well in spring. When you have, again, the corpse of Carlos Gonzalez, there is literally at this point, unless you are afraid of arbitration, no reason to keep Mercado down there. Um, you traded for him so he could help you now. He's already on the 40-man. They, you need to make the move. If you know the, the Indians' window they know is closing. They have this year and next year really when it gets down to it. And... If you end up losing a, a year at the end of Marcado's contract, so be it. You need to play up to a degree for now, and he should be up here. Eric Haas um, went deep again tonight. That's his ninth home run of the year. Now Haas is batting like 241. He's still having a lot of the same issues he's had with contact and low batting average, but he has legit power. Um, you know, I know a week ago I was very high on Kevin P. and 
I still think that uh, Kevin Ploiecki is a uh, a useful catcher. But at some point, you got to give Haas a look. He is already 26 years of age. He was in the same draft as Lindor, I want to say, 2011. Yes, it's the same draft as Lindor. Um, Lindor is going to be a free agent in what? He's got the Indians have two more years to control, and then he's a free agent, I want to say. Um, Haas hasn't even had a regular opportunity in the majors yet. And he was a slow developing guy, but the power is legit. The power is there. And, you know, he is performing better as the year it's gone on. And then the other guy, Bobby Bradley tonight, four for four, and he had a double. Bradley struggled last year in his uh, his time in AAA, kind of took a tumble down some prospect lists, mine included. This year, he's doing quite well. He's got a, 11 doubles, six home runs. He's hitting 299 with a 359 on base percentage. Uh, the strikeout-to-walk ratio is extremely ugly at 39 to 8. He is uh, a platoon bat. That's he is never going to hit lefties. You never want him in the lineup against lefties. But remember, on the whole, you're going to face a significantly larger portion of right-handed bats or right-handed pitchers to left-handed pitchers. Um, so I think there's a value, and again, just like Mercado and Haas, Bradley is already on your 40-man roster, so you don't have to worry about that. And when you look at some of the, if you were to make you know, it's one of those things the Indians could be like, okay, let's give Bradley a shot. You can let Cargo go and have Bowers play more outfield and have Bradley DH. Um, I don't know who, at top of my head, who I'm platooning him with if I'm the Indians because he needs a platoon. Honestly, Jason Kipnis needs a platoon partner. Um, but you could, you know, if Naquin is playing every day, he needs a platoon partner. But uh, you got Luplo. He can fill at least one of those. But... Uh, there's ways to make this work. There are players who are performing. Um, you know, Yu Chen Chang's been hurt, but he's another guy. There are some reinforcements for the bats in AAA. And when you're struggling with these washed-up vets, it seems very obvious, at least to me, give the young kid a chance. Let's see what these guys can do. Um, you're not going to get value out of Cargo next year. You know, you're not getting value out of him now. Um, let alone next year, you know, there's not going to be, there is no future value in Mike Freeman. And I understand you do need that guy on your bench who can be a backup and you don't really want that guy to be a young player. But again, I don't know why you're going with Freeman over Morhoff. And I say this as someone who has shredded Morhoff on this podcast before. Um, it's just some of these decisions are ludicrous to me. Uh, you know, some of these players were, were stuck with Kipnis. He had a good day today. I don't – he's going to be – you're hoping he's league average. End of the day, that's all you're hoping for. Ramirez, we need to see more signs of life. Um, Lindor is getting better every day coming back from injury. Santana is performing well. Bowers is league average. I'll take that. Martin, there's some concerns. But when you look at this team up and down – you're assuming that Kipnis most days is at second base. That opens up the DH position. If Bowers is in left, Martin in center, and then you called up a Mercado in right, and then you had maybe a Bobby Bradley to split some time at DH with uh, with Luplo. Now that does require you to, to make two roster moves. Uh, as stated, I think it's very easy to say goodbye to Carlos Gonzalez. Um 
I mean, Hanley Ramirez was providing more. Brad Miller was definitely providing more. Brad Miller would still be one of the top hitters on this team by most metrics from where he was when he was cut. Um, but when you're just looking on who's on roster now, I think there is enough. Uh, there's there's plenty of dead weight to make it work and give some of these young kids a chance. And it's better to sit back and see what they can do rather than just kind of waiting and seeing if some of these vets can step up and uh, perform for them. I feel a little bad. Uh, I didn't really get into the fact that uh, Jeffrey Rodriguez had his third solid start in a row, which is a huge surprise to me. Um, I was very wrong there, but, uh, you know, good on him. So the Indians, you know, if I'm going to just follow up on my thought, how I would, if I called up two young players, how I would do it. Cargo I would have out. The Indians don't have a lot of bat depth, and even though they're uh, Terry's been hesitant to go to the pen, they're still carrying eight arms. Oliver Perez has not worked as a lefty. You have multiple other lefties in the pen uh, between Ryan Olsen. I mean, hands your closer. Perez, Ramirez, I would just, you know say bye to one of them go down to seven man pen and give yourself a few more options again at the end of the day the vets aren't working they're not even being sub average they are being awful so why not see what some of the younger kids can do sorry this has been such a downer it was just a a hard game to watch it's been a hard season so far um there's still so much talent but uh Right now, this is not a fun team. It's not a fun team to cover, and I know the fans are frustrated. I am frustrated. So hopefully we'll have something fun to talk about soon. Um, I have been your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. Thank you for listening, and as always, go Tribe.